Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. And historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley, and this is the podcast segment of our show that is not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for the 456th show is Dr. Kathleen Voida, author, adjunct professor at the University of Iowa, and retired member of the USDA. Natural Resources Conservation Service, who will be talking to us about Iowa's remarkable soils, the story of our most valuable resource, and how we can save it. And yes, it is Iowa's treasure. Our history bus for today's show are Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. Rick, you get to start us off. So you're going to have the geologists start this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> finally, Roll up your sleeves. Finally, the respect we've demanded all these years. Get that rock hammer out. Yeah. You have no soil without my rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Kathleen, uh, <clears throat> question. You touched on this uh, in our broadcast uh, at uh, section at the uh, at the end. The impact mm-hmm. on uh, of, on the soil of, through climate change, and I say that because I've been back in Iowa for 27 years, and I've noticed. Mm-hmm. The, the winters that I experience in the Mid-South uh, have now moved north, where we used to got, get fluffy snow and, and rain and what have you, and uh, not a lot of ice and, and slush. Now that's what we're getting. So I'm just curious, in your view, what, what is the impact going to be on our soil and our food production based on climate change as we continue to do what we do yeah, in soil. It's, yeah, it's a complex subject, obviously. Um, you know, some some of the scientists uh, that are studying this believe that Iowa has actually, uh, not just Iowa, but sort of the Midwest has enjoyed a what they call a warming hole, meaning that we have not warmed as much as other uh, other parts of the country, other parts of the world. I mean, we're going to, but we haven't so far. So we, in some ways, we've enjoyed, um, you know, slightly warmer temperatures, uh, you know, more uh, warmer springs so the planting can be done earlier. But the problem with climate change is that it's not the average rate rise in temperatures. It's the extremes. And so we have had much more intense precipitation over the last, you know, 10 years or so. Um, you know, there something like... I don't know how many millions of acres uh, some years are not able to be planted because the ground is just too wet. Um, and then on the opposite side, we've got droughts. So neither one, obviously, is, is uh, desired. And so with, with intense rainfall, we're getting more erosion. You, you break up the soil aggregates, so you get uh, just this sort of solid mass. So you get ponding on the flatlands. You get runoff on the sloping lands. Um, you get so that leads to nitrate pollution of the streams and rivers, and with drought, uh, what ha- what ends up is the plants don't do well if they if they survive at all, and so you've got all this excess nitrogen building up in the soil from the ammonia they put on, um, and then that is carried off to streams. So it, it, there's a lot of different um, interacting factors, but uh, you know I think the main thing is the intense intensity of weather events that farms simply, if they don't have, you know, a couple of years of, uh, you know, income set aside, they're going to fail. And young farmers, new farmers, it's really tough on them because they don't have that established, you know, like you talked about the 
the uh, ones at third base. They they haven't inherited thousands of acres, um, and so they're kind of operating on a virile, um, you know, tight budget. So um, you know, it's just if we don't get soil get our soils healthier, I just don't see how we're <laughs> you know. I think the the recent thing that came up of the UN's um, I mean the exact title, but Committee on, on Climate Change just came out last month. It comes out every five years. They said that agriculture around the world will suffer more than anything else. That is going to be the main victim. Okay, Ed. One of the things that I see following up on what you just said about how agriculture is going to suffer, et cetera, et cetera, and mm-hmm. we're sort of seeing a similar phenomenon now where with Ukraine going offline, we've seen these skyrocketing commodity prices. And I've thought about how over time, if something gets to become more valuable, there's more and more incentive to produce it. And taking this to um, applying this to soils means that as these soils become degraded, the price of whatever they're they're trying to grow is going to go up, and that's a perverse incentive to try and do more of the same. Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's going to end up maybe I don't know about so much in the Midwest, but in, in certainly in other parts of the world, there's going to be battles over the land that's left that's actually productive, and you know, prices are going to skyrocket on on those properties. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I kind of lost track of your question there, but, you know, between uh, heat waves and drought and floods, there's definitely going to be an impact. I mean, just recently I remember uh, reading that in California, the federal government has shut off uh, the water supply from the, uh, I think it's called the Central Valley Project, the Colorado River delivers water. They've cut off the supply uh, in the parts of California because there just isn't the water there. You know, and, and here in, in Iowa, we've had, some pretty severe droughts. Now, it doesn't usually impact the entire state. Uh, it might, you know, a quarter of the state. But along those other lines, in the last 10 years, both Missouri and Mississippi has mm-hmm. had ravaging floods. I mean, right. I'm, at, I'm a, That's right. We either have drought or we have too much water. We're not in the middle anymore with a nice, balanced kind of climate. Well, and one of the things that's changed, not just in my lifetime, but I think, Kathleen, you're absolutely uh, correct in drawing that clear line about nitrogen production after World War II, because before that time, the farmers had to solve their problems with what resources they had inside the fence, if you will. Right. And that included hay and pasture, et cetera, and it included ruminant animals. And today, yeah. of course, that's, that's all changed. But can you sort of tie the small-scale diversified operations involving hay and pasture, can you sort of correlate that back to the prairie where, yes, plants were important, but the prairie also involved in the presence of ruminant animals? Yeah, and that's actually one of the, uh, I wouldn't call it a main principle, but for soil health, it really helps to have animals out there, uh, but you need to, you know, they need to be rotated. You can't just leave them in one area for for a long time, which is, which is generally done. But if they're rotated, it gives the grasses a chance to, you know, to replenish themselves and all the, you know, the, 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 
dung, the urine, the, the saliva from cows. You know, if you've watched cows eat, there's a lot of saliva involved. Uh, that all is adding um, carbon and other nutrients to the soil. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely a part. I have no problem with I think, you know, the people that are maybe vegetarians, and, and, and I know a lot of people feel that we're, we're feeding to the animals what, what could be going to humans. But, you know, there's absolutely a place, I think, for, for grazing. And we have a lot of grazing in, in parts of Iowa. And, you know, cover crops can be grazed. So that's another food source in the in the late fall, even some winters. Like right now, there's not much snow on the ground in much of the state. Uh, they could be eating cover crops or in the spring. It's it's actually one of the ways that cover crops can be terminated in the spring before the crop is planted. Okay. Because right now, many of the farmers that are doing cover crops are terminating them with pesticides, like glyphosate, in the spring. Um, there are other ways of doing it besides, you know, grazing, but, you know, that's the majority that are doing it that way. But, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's an evolution. We're, we're hoping to get beyond that to something better. We would like to thank our noted guest for the 456th show, Dr. Kathleen Voida, author, adjunct professor at the University of Iowa and retired member of the USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service, who talked to us about Iowa's remarkable soils the story of our valuable resource and how we can save it. The history buffs for today's show were Ed Broders and Rick Sweet. You can listen to ROIs as being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALA HD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at soundcloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI. You can also find ROI on all your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.